Um, so I finally saw Ant-Man and the Wasp last oh, night. what'd you think? I thought it was delightful. It was delightful. Just like clean, fun, action comedy. It didn't have to think about it. And like everyone knows I like media that I have to think about. Yeah. But I also like media that I don't have to think about Especially sometimes. right now. There's just right? something nice about like turning off for a And exactly. Hours. So like the real world is terrifying and like I'm writing a dissertation. And so my media has been pretty mindless lately. Uh-huh. Rewatched Gilmore Girls. Gonna gonna think about Ant Man and the Wasp yeah. a little bit more. So I I don't actually love superhero right. movies typically, but when Ant Man came out, I really enjoyed it. Right. Partly because Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, like have loved him forever, and he has aged like a fine wine. Okay, that's what I want to talk about. Good. He. It's not even that he keeps getting more handsome. He barely changes. Right. He like barely looks different. Right. Like, and what has changed, like, the the lines in his face, he has forehead lines yeah. and, like, distinct eyebrow lines where yeah. he furrows them a lot, yeah. which is so charming. Yeah. Um, that's all that's different that's about it. him. Yeah. Okay, so I was seeing about him, and then I was looking at Michael Douglas. Yeah, he is not aged is well. not aging well. And Mm-mm. then Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. who also looks very similar, though I do think probably with the help of a she, surgeon. She's had some work yeah. done. Yeah. But I told Jordan, she's had good work done. Yeah. No, she still looks because like a person. she looks like herself right. still. She's always had kind of those weird lips. Like, it's not like Meg Ryan, poor thing. That's what I mean. Like, Michelle Pfeiffer is somebody who, at, in that movie, she wasn't distracting to me. Right. She was only distracting because she still looks pretty good. Like She, she still looks, looks way younger than Michael Douglas. That's right. And they were supposed to be the same age. They were, like, kissing each other. And I was like, did something Ooh. happen in that underworld, wherever <laughs> she was? In the quantum like, realm? Yeah, in the quantum realm. Because she looks good, and he looks terrible. I mean, and maybe. We don't know how she survived down there for 30 years. Yeah. How did she know that it was 30 years if time doesn't work down there? She came back remarkably, um, not only put together facially. But, like, made up. Yeah. She and, had eye makeup on. And seemed to not be phased by the actual reality of world right like this horrifying 30 years of isolation this is one pill that i had a little trouble swallowing yeah um i don't understand it entirely (laughs) um and even knowing what i know about comic books i don't understand it entirely you just had to truly just sit back and enjoy the ride yeah and that's what i did did. and uh, paul rudd gave me that gift absolutely he is he is a treasure he is i hope i hope he keep what do you think he's gonna do next like He's going to keep doing Ant-Man for a while. He's just going to keep doing Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find him to be absolutely delightful. I even read an article. Um, Jordan, weirdly, we don't know why, gets Men's Health magazine. Oh. It just showed up in our, in our mailbox. Um, so they did an interview with him. Really, really great. Like, I loved him even more, if that were possible. He's I get that. He's a nice guy. Yeah, no, he is. And he's been delightful from clueless to the present. That's what I mean. Yeah good looking guy and I think he can make the transition into and this is Ant-Man and the Wasp might be that transition that pivot point like into family comedy yes because he the scenes with him and his daughter they're so were good so good right? and he is just silly enough to to do that yeah. he's been in a lot of adult comedies yeah um, all the Apatow movies like yeah. he's he's a great part of those but I think he really could make a seamless transition into into like the Late Adam Sandler brand of family comedy, but yeah, but way, better. way better than that. Like, you know what we need more of in this world? You know the movie Dan in Real Life? Yes. That's what I want. Yes. More Dan in Real Life. Yep. And Paul Rudd can be... Paul Dan. Rudd, it would be perfect yeah. in that kind of That's role. what I want. Paul, if you're listening... Give us a call. Give us a call. We have ideas.
Welcome to episode 183 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jansen, and I am not Ant-Man. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And there are a couple things here from that this last 12 seconds that I would like to focus on. One, small business. Oh, right. We did a Life in the South-centric episode a few weeks ago. That's true, we Which did. was fun. Um, but today we're going to focus on small business. And we're going to focus on the fact that you describe yourself as owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Accurate. Many of our listeners would like to know a little bit more about that. All right. And we, I feel like, and you feel like, we talked about this before the show, that that's been amply covered on our show. Yes. But probably not recently. Yeah, and I think too, in my it looms so largely in my right. it looms so large in my life that I just assume we've talked about. Like right. I just that's a terrible thing to assume. But I just think I assume we all know what that means. Or Annie getting all famous and just assuming <laughs> we all know her life. <laughs> I just assume I don't know. No, but but this is a thing, and we get several listeners who write in and who contact us on social media who are like. Annie, I've been following you since your blog, yes. which is pre-bookshelf. Pre-bookshelf. 2008, baby. Right? And Early so- adopter. <laughs> Early adopter. <laughs> and we have several of those yeah. who have like followed your journey. Yes. And they are Annie fans. And I think that's still who I think is listening. Right. I think I just assume it's like this group of 200 people, if that, maybe 50 is right. more accurate. Right. Like this group of 50 people who I kind of became friends with on the internet and right. they're just following along. I'm talking to you. But instead, we have a larger audience now. Yes. Many of whom have found us through Ann Bogle. Through Ann, through the podcast. Through the podcast. Um, and they don't know who we are. Right. And so I'm not very interesting. Um, <laughs> you are. <laughs> just in a totally different way. In a different way. But your journey is interesting to people and resonates with people. And so what I want to do today um, is kind of like interview you about right. that. And just ask you some questions about like where you came from and how you got to now. Like Ant-Man. Annie B. Jones, this is your life. It's <laughs> terrifying. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so talk to me about your life before the bookshelf. Like, what was it about your life that made you think, you know what? I want to work in a bookstore and own a bookstore. And like, You've Got Mail obviously is, is central in sure. some way to your story. But... I think the You've Got Mail story is... Is certainly true. But like, it's mythologized. Yeah. Like, I think, I I know for a fact, I remember seeing You've Got Mail for the first time, and I definitely remember thinking, that's a job I would love. Like, I would love to do that when I grow up. I was 13, saw the movie in the theater, thought it was incredible. Um, not just for Tom and Meg, but mostly for the store itself, yeah. for the shop around the corner. Um, all growing up in childhood, my parents would take us to bookstores. Um, when we traveled, that was like... I remember going to Washington, D.C., and Chet and I were each allowed to pick, like, what we wanted to visit, and mine was the Library of Congress. Like, I'm a kid who was always, I was a kid always obsessed with books and reading and the places where that happens. Um, But to say that, like, I've always had this Kathleen Kelly dream would be a little bit misleading. Right. um, Because I went to college for a journalism degree, um, which I proudly earned at my small Christian liberal arts college. Um, And then... I wanted to be a writer, an editor, and sure, in the back of my mind, I thought a bookstore would be an ideal place to work, but I was more focused on 
my journalistic aspirations, I right. guess. So, so right after college, I so went... So you're, you're Rory Gilmore dreaming. Yeah, that's right. So right after college, I went to work as a communication specialist for like a children's health insurance company. Company isn't true. Agency is probably more accurate. Mm. Um, earned some really valuable experience there. And that is one thing that I always try to tell like younger people who come in and, and wonder how to get started... Honestly, I think most entrepreneurs or small business owners would tell you any experience is legitimate and good right. experience. So I, I just got a ton of experience working for this health insurance um, agency and then went to work, which I think most people have heard this part. I went to work for the Florida Bar, uh, this legal writing and editing job for this legal agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so loved that job. Truly loved it. Felt like I was actually using my career. The communication specialist stuff helped me work on my graphic design skills and my interpersonal skills, my networking skills. But I was writing and editing for the Florida Bar News and the Florida Bar Journal. I got to interview a couple of Supreme Court justices Mm -hmm. on the Florida Supreme Court. I loved that job. Um, But one thing I don't tell a lot of people is that Jordan that summer had gone to uh, Venezuela on like a, not even a mission trip, but more like an exploratory trip. to a group of people who are, at the time, our church supported. And so Jordan and my uncle had gone on this trip. And I guess I do joke that, like, as a millennial, I think I am constantly searching for meaning. Yeah. And I really did like my job, but I liked it so much, and I'd worked there for about two years, that I wondered, what's next? Right. Like, and unfortunately, that is who I am as a person anyway. I'm constantly looking forward. What's the next step? Yeah. And so I think I couldn't figure out do I keep doing this and do I just stay in this job? Um, do I see if there's opportunity for growth or promotion, not even financial promotion, just promotion of responsibilities. Um, or, um, I'm, you know, I'm a person of faith. And so, or am I being called to something else? Is there something else I should be doing? Right. So I was thinking about all of this and I specifically remember Jordan, um, Coming back from his trip, he was filled with passion. And looking back, interestingly, he was filled with passion about this, but he didn't change jobs over it. Like he was still doing his regular lawyering thing, and this was just something that he was able to do kind of on the side. And I remember talking to him and being like, I just don't know. I don't have that kind of passion about my daily work, should I? Um, and I, by the way, I don't know that the answer to that question is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have learned perhaps the hard way that even a dream job is just a job. Yep. Um, it is still j- just work. And I, I loved the thing you shared <laughs> recently about like, do the thing you love and you crossed out like you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, because it's but, not true. Instead, yeah. what that means is, yeah, you're going to work all the time. Um, so I was in the middle of reading the book and this is going to make me sound super um, evangelical Christian, but I was in the middle of reading A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller, in which he talks about living out a good story. Right. And that book made a profound impact on me. Uh, Jordan and I decided we were going to spend some time thinking and praying about what I should do next in terms of my career, Um, because I've always been very ambitious and cared a lot about what I wanted to do. Right. Um, So, literally the next day, uh, I saw that the bookshelf was opening a store in Midtown Tallahassee, mm-hmm. a few blocks from where we were living. And so I thought, great. I was familiar with the store. Jordan and I would come up to Thomasville for like date nights and stuff. We had been to a really great event at the bookshelf. So I was familiar with the store. 
And I decided to send the owner an email just to see if they were hiring or I looked back at that email the other day just to see if they were looking for story time volunteers or any kind of help. How can I get involved? Yes, yeah. because in my mind, I thought Jordan fulfilled his passion outside of work. I could still have my job right. and just do something kind of on the side. And contribute to the community. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that was like my original vision. Katie was gracious. Katie is was the previous owner of the bookshelf. She was gracious enough to write me back. Um, we kind of connected via email, and she said, "We're not hiring right now. Um, we've got our team in place, but we definitely want to keep you in mind." Blah blah blah. So I was like, "Okay, that's fine. Maybe when they open, they'll need some help with story time, whatever." So. Uh, because that's the other thing. They were opening it. I always call it the bookshelf Midtown. But right. I think it, it originally was pitched as the bookshelf junior. And it was going to be oh, a kids only a kids store. Sh- okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So. I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I forgot that. I forgot that till I saw this email. So probably two or three months later, Jordan and I were moving into our new place in Midtown Tallahassee. It was moving day. I remember my parents were in the room and I got an email back from Katie that said, hey, we've lost our manager at the bookshelf Midtown. We... Are you at all still interested in something like this? Would you be interested in interviewing? And so I did. And I loved Katie and Scott, loved their mission for the store, felt Mm -hmm. like I really connected with them, and felt like I had something to offer. So at the time, I'd been blogging for a couple years. I'd been doing book reviews on my blog. So like I actually had concrete evidence of, I do love reading. Right. (laughs) Um, I had a vibrant book club in Tallahassee that I thought could meet at the bookshelf Midtown. So I I felt like I had evidence that I could do this thing, even though I didn't have retail experience. Um, Katie and Scott offered me the job, but I wanted to play it safe. I still, like, and I think this is sometimes what gets lost. I still actually really liked my job at the Florida Bar. Right. And I liked being a writer and editor, and I wasn't ready to change my life. Right. And so I went to my boss at the Florida Bar, someone, by the way, who is a religious bookshelf customer now, um, and I asked her if I could go part-time. It was a job I felt like I could do part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I could work part-time and even remotely writing articles and editing, but also work at the bookshelf. I thought if I was given the answer of, yes, you can work part-time, then I would take the job. That would be like my answer. Uh, growing up, again, as a person of faith, uh, I just thought sometimes God speaks to us in signs. Yep. By the way, I'm 32 now. My opinion on that has also changed. <laughs> I do not necessarily think that that is true. And so my boss told me no. And I was devastated. And yeah. I think a few days later decided Katie needed an answer. Jordan and I talked about it. I had prayed about it. And so I quit my job and my boss, I do believe was shocked Yeah. <laughs> um, because it was, it, because it sounded insane. I was making yeah. pretty good money right. as a journalism major and then to go <laughs> work retail, yeah. uh, I think did not make sense to her. Although my, I will say my coworkers and my boss knew that in the back of my mind, I'd always had this dream of Kathleen Kelly. And that's where that you've got mail thing does become kind of mythical, um, because on my blog, I had even written a recent blog post about, I've been thinking a lot about what I want to do with my life. I just keep going back to the movie, You've Got Mail. Like, mm-hmm. there is a blog post, I think circa 2012, 2013, that talks about, I'd love to do this one day. Um, and so I do think that's where in my own heart, I've kind of myth- mythologized yeah. that story because I had written that and then just a few months later, yeah. quit my job, went to work as a manager for the Bookshelf Midtown, which was, let's be clear, not its own store. No. <laughs> no. 
It was a corner of a bakery. It was a corner. Yeah. It was inside Lucy and Leah's Cupcakery in Midtown Tallahassee. I will say, though, I look back on that year with utter fondness. Good. Because unlike owning a bookstore, uh, and Olivia might disagree with me because Olivia was, is a far more experienced manager than I was and is managing a far larger store. But this, as you say, was mm-hmm. like the corner of a bakery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was running it alone. There was no staff. Uh, like, it was literally just me. Um, yes, I interacted with the occasional difficult customer, but my mom came in every week and did story time. My friends still lived in Tallahassee. They mm-hmm. would come for book clubs. They would bring their kids to story time. I was walking to work from my house. I had Mondays legitimately off. I closed the door at the bookshelf at 6 p.m. and did not have work when I got home. Like, it was... Yeah. It was ideal, right? Like, getting to live this dream, but also it was just me. There was no staff to manage. Katie was so very hands-off that I kind of didn't even have anybody to answer to, as long as I was doing a good job. And right. I'd like to think that I was. And so, um, yeah. it w- So, I look back on that year because, wow, how simple. Right. <laughs> how simple. And, and it was truly so fun. It was so fun. I don't recall ever feeling stressed. I felt like, this is it. I was born to do this. I love this. Um, and then Katie told me she was going to close. <laughs> and I thought, oh Just no. Just the rug. Yeah. And, Gone. And oh no, You've Got Mail has really come to life. And I had to, like, Ashley, who now works in the bookshelf as our social media events coordinator, Ashley is my cousin. Uh, she had been working a little bit part-time that summer. She and I literally closed the bookshelf. We took shelves off the wall we and in you know that line i don't know if you know that line and you've got mail where they say she says and as her store is closing she's like something depressing kind of like a baby gap <laughs> and i've always thought that was such a funny line that's a great line and that is exactly what i thought as i because i would i thought this was it i quit my job like <laughs> and now it's gone now it's gone and it had been so delightful but life is life doesn't I don't know. No. Go like you think it will. No. Uh, so anyway, she, Katie and Scott had decided they were kind of growing their other business, mm-hmm. Everfan. They, unbeknownst to me, were looking for a buyer for the bookshelf in Thomasville. Decided to close Bookshelf Tallahassee. But I think they did see, I, I think they did see something in me and said, would you like to buy the bookshelf Thomasville? Which I think my gut response was... No. <laughs> like, you're hilarious. Like, um, but Katie and Scott, if you've, if you've met them, if you're local to Thomasville, they're very convincing. Uh, they're extremely entrepreneurial. They're filled with ideas. And they had been over to our house in Tallahassee many times. We got along with them really well. And Katie had a lot of different ideas for things we could do. They were very persistent and encouraging about moving to Thomasville. At the time... Um, I do, I'm not joking. Literally all of our best friends, every single one, all of them in Tallahassee were moving. Mm. And that is the nature of mm. living in a college town. Yeah, absolutely. Literally all our friends left at once. Um, been there. Oh, it was awful. It's awful. It is. Um, and so all of our friends, I, and like they went to Chicago, Boulder, Jacksonville, uh, Kansas City. And Jordan and I were like, are we just supposed to stay here? Like, <laughs> And start over. And do you know, you do, I think, know how hard making adult friends is? It's the worst. And we had made them. We had built truly the most lovely community. We had parties at our house all the time. We had dinners, book clubs, 
chess nights, like poker nights. Like we had the best That's little beautiful. life. We really did. That's why I say I look back on that period with such fondness. Um, so when Katie and Scott were offering Thomasville, we thought, well, maybe yeah. Jordan could still work as a lawyer in Tallahassee. He wouldn't have to take the bar exam again. He could just commute. Um, it would give us the freedom and the fun to start over in a new city and yet still have a nearby city we already were accustomed to and love. Right. So, yeah, I I think we thought a lot about it, but knew we were not in a financial place where we wanted to buy a bookstore. Right. And Katie and Scott had had trouble finding a buyer for the bookshelf. Um, you know. We should also say for people who are not local, Tallahassee is 35 miles away. Yes. Um, from Thomasville across the state line, obviously That's right. Thomasville, Georgia, Tallahassee, Florida. It's about a 45-minute drive with no traffic, um, about an hour through From rush hour uh, Tallahassee, <laughs> yeah. um, about two hours if the train has stopped. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, just for context here, yeah. like, this isn't a huge move, but it's a big enough move. Yeah, I think it's more a cultural move than yeah. anything. Oh, because uh, they're very different cultures. Tallahassee and Thompson are very different. I don't think I quite realized that. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, it's really, I think to anybody else, it would just be a matter of like moving to the suburbs from the city right. or something like that. Like it's not a huge distance. Right. Um, but culturally, it is. It really is. Um, so through some talks with Katie and Scott, they decided, okay, we've had some trouble finding a buyer anyway. Why don't we see if you like this? Mm-hmm. We'll sign a contract where you can earn the business every month. I always joke like a Rachel and Jacob situation. Mm-hmm. Isn't he who like tried to earn her? Yeah, Laban? he had to work for seven years yeah. and then oh. Laban sold him her his other daughter. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm totally Jacob. <laughs> so, 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 and really I'd like to think that Katie and Scott were certainly doing us a favor um, by not making us take out a huge loan and buy into this business right away. Uh, I'd also like to think that we did them a favor. They couldn't find a buyer. I think I was a, a good steward of what they'd given me. And I, I was determined, Jordan will tell you, I don't do anything halfway. And if you tell me to run your business and to earn your business, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to grow, hopefully grow your business and, um, make it my own. Right. And so Katie was pregnant at the time. She very much, I think, was ready to be done and have her baby and um, and help Scott with Everfan. And so I started running the bookshelf, which was so different. Mm-hmm. You're, thank you so much for putting context on. The bookshelf Midtown was inside of another store. <laughs> like A corner of a bakery. It was so tiny. And the bookshelf is... A deceptively huge yes. retail space. <laughs> so large. And yeah, it and like for what we stock and for our inventory, our space is enormous. Yeah. And so it was just a totally I I'm not gonna lie, that first year, um, there were many times where I had to have hard conversations with Jordan, hard conversations with Katie. I was not sure that this town really approved of what was happening. I wasn't sure that I fit in at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell if I was a good boss. I couldn't tell. I didn't really, the only managerial experience I'd ever had, I was the manager of Bookshelf Midtown, but I didn't manage anybody right. but the store. Right. Um, and when you did, it was Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like your cousin. Yes. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the only other managerial experience I had was like managing a newspaper staff. Which is a very very different different thing. (laughs) That is a horse of a different color. Yeah. And so that first year, 
I wouldn't go, I would not turn back time <laughs> for that year. Like I could cry thinking about it. It was so incredibly stressful and I've never felt so lonely. I was, all my friends had moved from Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomasville is a small town and I was not from here. Yeah. Jordan was not from right. here. Um, Jordan's very not from here. <laughs> Jordan yeah. is very not from here. And not only that, looking back, he was still working in Tallahassee. For a while, I was still. we were still living in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. It was just a mess. Yeah. It was... Uh, I feel sorry for that, Annie. Yeah. <laughs> and this is 2013? To- 2013. Okay. So, anyway. Ran and operated the bookshelf for five years. Each year, it got easier. Not easy. No. Never uh, easy. Never easy. Um, and never like what it was like to quote unquote manage bookshelf midtown. Right. Um, this is just an entirely different beast and I should have known that, but I didn't, I don't think I knew one ounce of what I was doing. Every, (laughs) every year you get clearer, right? And you understand like, Oh, not that. Yep. All right. (laughs) We're going to do this. (laughs) Um, and you have been gracious. I think all the time, like I didn't know what a boss, like I didn't know what kind of boss I wanted to be. I didn't quite know. Um, (laughs) I remember at least one of those conversations where I was like, Annie, (laughs) you understand. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, like I think, um, I mean, I could probably name different staffers who helped me. I mean, I didn't know. Learn different things. Yeah. Like I didn't know I needed an employee handbook. I, didn't know how to handle employees going through tragedy or mm-hmm. going through um, trauma or experiencing life difficulty. Like I didn't, right. I didn't know how to handle those things, and I hope, I hope I do now. Um, and I don't know that anything could have prepared. I don't think reading a manual even would have no, helped. I don't, that's I just something don't you have to think, let them learn. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's kind of the long, I guess, version. It's long, but you guys didn't have to live it. <laughs> it's even <True>. longer to live. <laughs> What's been that process from 2013 into the present? Because you are now in sole possession. I am in sole possession. Me the and business. the bank. <laughs> right. Um, but that's only a few months old. That's right. And so you had a six-year period yeah. of, of, of yeah. protracted buying. So I think when we very first signed that agreement the latest date to decide to either leave it or take it, Mm -hmm. buy it, was five years. Mm -hmm. And so probably around year three, Katie and Scott started asking, Jordan and I started really thinking. Um, I I thought I was good at this. Um, I certainly have not ever questioned my meaning or purpose since that, uh, since Bookshelf Midtown. Um, I have never, thankfully, um, struggled with, um, is what I'm doing meaningful. I've not struggled with that. I also really like what I do. I, I didn't. And that's so important. Yeah. Right? It's super important. And, and, and I, it doesn't mean you don't work. No, <laughs> uh, no. And I think I've had to learn that the hard yeah. way that just because, um, just because you enjoy your job doesn't mean you're not working. That's right. And doesn't mean it's not painful or hard right. yeah. because there have been times. And again, I think this goes back for whatever reason to this idea that like, Oh, well, if it's meant to be, it will be easy. If it's meant to be, the Lord will find a way. Like, I think these are things that I was taught. These platitudes. Yeah, and to some extent, sure, maybe they're based in truth. But um, for I'll use the example. I'll be really honest. Like, I thought 
especially in a town like Thomasville who loves its small businesses and who believes in its small businesses, I really thought I was going to, going to be able to find an investor mm. who would help me buy the bookshelf without having to take out a loan. I remember even talking about this three years ago. Yeah. So yeah. at that three year point, Jordan and I started seriously talking about, okay, Annie, do you want to do this? Um, yes. Which by the way, um, Jordan Jones, a finer man I could not find. Like, I, I think he he has so bought into this with me, and that's what it takes. Like, I don't think I could have done it without a spouse who was like, you're good at this. A very supportive Let's partner. Let's do this, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, he and I were talking, and he was like, why don't we see, because we are very loan-averse. We we worked really hard, paid off yep. our student loans, drive ancient cars, everybody. We <laughs> <laughs> really old cars. Um, and so we thought, let's try to find an investor. This will be the smart way to do this. Um, Jordan and I are always trying to find the smart, practical way to do it. And I thought, okay, if it's meant to be, just like I thought, if it's meant to be, mm -hmm. my boss will tell me, you can work part-time. If it's meant to be, I'll get an investor. And I had meetings with truly some really wonderful people in Thomasville. And it just did not happen. Mm -hmm. And... It was two years, Katie and Scott now, we're getting closer to the five-year mark, they're ready. We're ready, but don't know how to move forward. Right. Um, nobody's nobody's telling us how to do it. Our parents aren't entrepreneurs. Nobody is telling us how to do any of this. Mm -hmm. um, Jordan, if it gives you any indication, literally last week, Jordan was like, I think I'm gonna buy small business for dummies. Like, <laughs> and I said, I was like, well, we're living it. And he was like, yeah, but I feel like I need a manual. <laughs> like I need something. Um, so Give me some structure. Yeah. So anyway, those kind of that, there were kind of two years there where I think we were really trying hard. We knew we wanted to take this over. Also knowing, okay, if we buy the bookshelf, we're saying yes to Thomasville. Yeah. Um, we're saying yes. I mean, Jordan still works in Tallahassee. We're saying yes to this community. Right. Um, we don't have kids yet, but we talk about that. Like, what does it look like to own a small business and to have children? Uh, some people ask me that, which... If you are not my friend, perhaps that's not the question for you to ask. Correct. <laughs> but, Maybe don't. <laughs> but, but I have had, I mean, I think it was a very well-meaning sales rep who, when this summer, heard I was taking over the business officially and finally. She wrote me and she was like, so what are you going to do about kids? And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it's like, we are workplace proximity associates. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to hold, hold on a minute. Um, but Jordan and I had all of these things swirling in our heads. Right. Of course. And... I think both of us, I think it was just really hard. Like you would think if you like the work, if you like the town, if you're good at what you're doing, then the answer is simple. But for us, it didn't feel simple. Yeah. Um, and so fast forward, um, I will give props to Thomasville National Bank for, uh, <laughs> for somebody finally sitting down with us believing in the business, mm -hmm. being able to show them, like I could show numbers, like yeah. I could show like, here, I've grown this, like I've grown it. I don't know how much more I can grow it. There's only so much you can do with a bookstore uh, because of the profit margin. But like we've done a lot of work, like we host a ton of events. We have a vibrant social media presence. We have this podcast. Here's what we're doing. And the guy at the bank was so kind. And I like, I know perhaps bank people are also like car salesmen. Like there's, maybe. you know, maybe, but whatever. He was really helpful and nice. And he was like, Oh, we believe in this. Like the bookshelf has been in existence in Thomasville for 30 years. We don't want it to go anywhere. You're doing a good job. We believe in what you're doing. Let's give you Let's a Let's do this. So Jordan and I took out a small business loan, which was never our first plan. And I don't have any regrets about that because now it is mine, uh, which means 
if I mess up, it's on me. Mm. Um, I don't have to. You have full responsibility. I have full responsibility, now. which is terrifying. Terrifying, but also liberating. A little bit liberating. Yeah. Like a little bit where, okay, like if I screw this up, it's my responsibility to fix it. And it's my, I have to answer for it. Um, which is something that appeals to you as a yeah. person. <laughs> yes. That you don't have to report that. Yeah. <laughs> like yes. You can just take care of it yourself. Very much. Uh, and so, anyway, so. I think June 1st is when we officially, and we post about it on social media, but that's what that means. I think some people have thought, oh, did you pay off the mortgage? Or, oh, did you pay off the business? No. Oh, how I wish. Um, no, the opposite. <laughs> what this means is, first of all, thanks to Katie and Scott's patience and generosity, I was able to work off what mm -hmm. the loan would have been five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'd like to think also, thanks to the hard work me and the staff have put in here. Yeah. Um, because the store has grown, I've been able to make payments on the business like Jacob did uh, for <laughs> like like I was able to do that every year. So pay down so that the loan wound up being in small business loan terms fairly small. Not as bad as it could have been. Certainly not. And and did it feel big to me in Jordan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but is it much smaller than it would have been? And then I think it would have been had I done this any other way. Yes. Um, so we did take out a loan. Um, I am the full owner of the business and. It's a dream come true. Question mark. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Because I, I, we've talked about this before, but like it is a process. Like you are still learning. Yes. This is still relatively new to you. Oh, my therapist is always telling me that because I am notoriously. I think um, I have high expectations of other people. My staff knows this. I have high expectations of myself. Mm -hmm. so and you want to be immediately good at things. Yes, and so and same. And so. Uh, the this, the goals and the ideals I set up for my staff, like, I hope, I assume you know, but, like, everything I set for you guys, I do twice as hard for myself. <laughs> like, and so sometimes I'll be in my therapist appointment or whatever, whatever, and we mostly talk about work, and I'll be talking about the bookshelf, and she'll say, um, you know, this is still new. And I'll be like, well, no, it's really not. Like, it's like no, but it really is. <laughs> and she's like, oh, but it is. <laughs> and so this process of becoming a certain type of boss, um, knowing what I'm doing. I mean, yeah, Jordan bought small business for dummies. I bought QuickBooks for dummies. Thank goodness I've got a friend next week who's helping me figure out some QuickBooks stuff that like I think I know, but I want to make sure I know. Right. Um, and so there's, there are so many people that saying, I think the saying is, right, it takes a village to raise children. Right. It takes a village to own a business. It takes a village to own a business. And our village for so long has been so spread out. Um, my friend when I very first took over the store, my friend from Tallahassee, who now lives in Boulder, Colorado, she was a merchandising uh, grad from Florida State. And so she came to the bookshelf mm -hmm. and we walked through the store and I took a clipboard and I made notes of everything I wanted to change, everything she thought needed to move around. Um, my family has been invaluable. Like, oh yeah. We have had family work days where we have painted, where we have moved. We, I don't know if you remember, but like the register used oh, to be I in remember. a different location. Yeah. Like my family tore that down. Like not a contractor. No, it was across the store <laughs> on was, the other side. Yeah. It was my dad, my uncle and my, uh, my husband tearing that down. Like, so yeah, everything has been a process and I think I am extremely hard on myself mm -hmm. and I think I am extremely, I do want to be good at things and I want the store to be excellent. Mm -hmm. And I don't, as I said, I don't know how to do things halfway. Right. And so I'm constantly learning that, right? Like even the other day I was thinking, I don't know that I'll be able to do this pace forever. Right. Um, and, uh, and that's why you hire competent I was about staff. to say, and <laughs> hiring Olivia was a huge part of that. Like she, we've had really good managers, don't get me wrong. But I think she's the first manager who actually has understood 
the role of manager. She comes from a retail background. Right. Um, she the un- fiscal role of manager. Yes. She understands the sales responsibilities, um, the sales goals that are so important to our business. So I think that is really crucial. And I think anybody in this tiny town would tell you hiring is hard. Mm-hmm. And so this staff changes constantly. And, um, and finding good help and good people who buy into... Um, not just their position, but the overall culture of the bookshelf and what we want it to represent right. is really difficult. Yeah. Um, it's why a lot of my staff is from Tallahassee. Yep. Um, because by its very nature of being a larger city, there's a larger hiring pool. Yep. So there are all kinds of things that like nobody told me. Right. And and I don't know that anybody should have told me. <laughs> right. It's maybe things you just did need to learn. Yeah, and even even taking over the business. I mean, it has taken what is today, like it's almost August 1st. Yeah. It has taken two months to change the name over, to mm. to cancel old accounts, to transfer accounts. Um, and I love all the help I have gotten, but like nobody handed me like a pamphlet and was like, here's what you need to do here's to transfer your business. Yeah, the there's no checklist. Because I mean, we still get mail for two owners yeah. ago. <laughs> well, yeah. And I hope that's about to change because I hope I'm doing something that maybe hadn't been done before. <laughs> possible like like maybe the transfer was just kind of willy-nilly last time i'm really trying to do it in the i mean my husband's an attorney like we're we're trying our best yeah we're trying our best to do this as correctly as we know how but gosh there's just so much and there isn't a checklist and i think i am a very as you know extremely checklist yeah i'm I'm looking at your notebook (laughs) i'm an extremely checklist oriented person Mm -hmm. and so entrepreneurship i i will always say does not come naturally to me I think doing a good job and working hard Mm -hmm. come naturally to me. I think flying by the seat of my pants, taking things as they come, that is is foreign to me. Yeah, and that's something much of your staff is better at. Yes. Like, I'm much better at that than you are. I am not. Like, I am not. And I think think I'm learning. Yeah. Um, I think with every year, I get a little bit better at that. I think I get a little... It. okay that doesn't matter gotta move on like yeah. but but I think yeah I think every year I'm learning something and the good news is my, so when I was a little kid apparently um, my granddad who I was very close with would say you know Annie Sue <laughs> um, doesn't have it all figured out but she is sure willing to ask questions and I'd li- I like to think that's true like I, I don't know what I'm doing most of the time but I'm asking my friend who's an accountant to help me mm-hmm. figure out QuickBooks I'm asking you to help me co-host this podcast I'm asking my husband to help me with legalities of things that I never even thought about I'm asking my parents to do window display like I hope I'm willing to go to people who are experts because I'm not one right. and I could be bummed about that and I could be bummed that entrepreneurship doesn't come naturally or that um, that I'm not an expert in everything, or I could just say, but I know people who are really gifted right. and are really talented. And then that should take some pressure off. Right. And I think the key is, is asking for help. Yeah. Um, and that's such a hard thing to do. Oh, it is. It's so hard. I, I think it's gotten easier, Good. Um, but it is hard. Um, so yeah, the bookshelf is as magical as I hope it appears on social media and, and to our customers, like yeah. I want to create a magical experience for people. I think I said this at our at our holiday staff party. I want us to make sure we're creating a magical experience for yeah. anybody who enters our doors. But that means we're going to have to work really hard. Right, magic doesn't just happen. 
Magic is work. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you could go back and change one thing, what do you think it would be? Like, not like, what do you regret? But if there were one thing you could do differently. Um, I think I'm... Hmm. Either I would have bought the store earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would have just thought, okay, this investment thing isn't going to work out. I just need to bite the bullet and buy it. Um, I wish, so there's a part of me that wishes I had done it earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm good at it. I like it. I don't know why I waited so long. Right. Um, or I wish at the very beginning I had sat down with, whether it was Katie or a business consultant or some other expert who could have just sat me down and maybe prepared me a little bit. Yeah. Because the growing pains were immense. That right. first year was not fun. <laughs> that first year was miserable. I wish somebody just would have sat me down and maybe said, hey, this is what Thomasville's going to be like. Or, which, and I'm saying that, I don't know that that is even possible. possible. Right. Um, but it's things you wish you'd known. Yeah. Just somebody who had maybe said, this is what you can expect. Um, this is going to be difficult. Um a little bit more realistic of expectations, yeah. which Jordan is always telling me is my, my biggest problem. <laughs> Those unrealistic expectations. Almost like you want the magic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I totally do. And let me tell you, there are still the, there are still moments where I get to experience that magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell when an event goes really well. When an event goes well. When an author signing is popping. When, uh, yeah, when an author signing is popping. When, um, an author sits down with me, like Jamie Quattro, mm-hmm. and I get to talk with her about, like I get to do the little elements of my old career. Right. Like I get to interview her and talk with her and glean her wisdom. That's a magical moment. Weirdly, every day unboxing a box of books is a magical moment. Mm-hmm. That doesn't get old. Um, and even still, so I don't do this very often, but for example, this week, Olivia um, is on a little bit of a vacation, so I'm closing, and that doesn't happen regularly anymore. And so I closed yesterday, and don't get me wrong, it wasn't magical. Like, it was pouring rain. It was, it had been a long day. But, like, getting to turn the lights off and, like, lock the door on something that now belongs that to me. That is yours. That's pretty magical. Um, so, so, yeah, I think I do still get the magical moments. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I hope you always do. Me too. <laughs> Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also check out our website at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for web-only content, a full back catalog of our show, and detailed no- show notes. <laughs> I guess. It's or fine. note shows. It's fine. Note shows. 
Anyway, this week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. We're getting ready for our annual Waldo party. Mm-hmm. Starring Waldo. Somebody. <laughs> and this little boy came in the store yesterday, and bless him, he, I was trying to explain, um, you're gonna turn in your pamphlet and we're gonna draw winners. And then I, of course, draw for winners. And then I had to explain, here's what I mean by drawing. I don't mean like mm -hmm. drawing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and I gave an example, I said, I'm gonna reach in my bag and I'm gonna close my eyes and I'm, I'm gonna pull out names to see who won. And he looked at me and he was like, well, could you please make sure to draw Hayden? Cause that's his name. And I was like, well, you know, my eyes are closed. And he said, okay, so could you do like this? And then he like partially closed his eyes like only children can do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was like, could you do like this? And then call Hayden. And I was like, oh. I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll do what I can. It was hilarious. I kid you not. I think he stayed in here for 15 minutes talking to me about, yes, but could you please make sure to call him? But, but can you make sure that I win? Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. That's so funny. Well, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.